Hello, hello, and you're very welcome to Tura Lura, the podcast for myself and Mr. KD Christian Dugstad over there in Oslo City. Kid are exploring folk songs, those lovely old songs that tell all the stories. I'm sure you've heard of them before. Well, we are here on this lovely, what is it, a Thursday evening. How are you keeping, Christian? Not too bad, not too bad. Good to have a guest on. Absolutely. We have a Wexford man in the house, Mr. Mick Martin. How are you, Mick? Hello, boys. All good. How are you keeping? Grand now. Delighted to have you on. We're going to do a bit of a Wexford song today, so we said we may as well get a Wexford man on who knows his stuff Absolutely. to talk about. Absolutely. Well, I mightn't uh, know all my stuff, but I'll, I'll definitely try and help you out in any way I can there. <laughs> well, thanks a million for coming on. And like I said, folks, we are Tura Lura. And if you haven't listened to us before, go back, check out the back catalogue. You will find us on Spotify, you will find us on Apple Podcasts, on Facebook, Tora Laura. Email us, Podcast at gmail.com. How many O's are in that, Christian? (laughs) I don't know, four or five or six more by the episode, I think. Absolutely, it's gathering O's by the day. Any other way that they can get in touch with us? Do they want to get in touch with us? Why would they want to get in touch with us? Well, they can suggest guests, they can suggest songs, they can give us... um they can give us crap and praise and they can send us uh, photos of themselves drinking a pint in the local Irish bar in an American city over there across <laughs> the Atlantic. Whatever you want. Absolutely. Speaking of getting messages from across the Atlantic, we got a few messages there about Paddy Maloney. Poor old Paddy. Oh. They wanted us to offer our condolences. Yes. We, the we, chieftain himself. Yeah. We, we even talked about the chieftains last week I think didn't we we did because they were playing with Mick Jagger yes of course <laughs> yeah yeah I shared out on on the Oslo Caledonian pipe band page I, I shared out a video of us playing uh, San Patricio's March with the Chieftains in Oslo uh, nice. a few years back I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not doing this as a bragging thing because I think the <laughs> Chieftains contact the local pipe band wherever they go around the world <laughs> Uh, they had the see I, that see that make the chieftains have collaborated with everyone except us. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't that awful? And it's too late now. I'm sad to say, N- nothing more to say than that. That we're deeply saddened to 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 hear about Paddy Maloney's absolutely passing. lost two two legends of the Irish music world were lost this week. We had Paddy and we had Tony McMahon as well, a fantastic box player of the pure drop of the tradition. But um, Paddy Maloney in particular was probably one of Ireland's most famous pipers. And we have a piper in our midst. And I don't mean a bagpiper, Christian, sorry. We have Mick Martin here on the pipes. What Last time I checked, pa- there was a bag on the Illum pipes as well. Yeah, we'll, we're not going to get into a scrap, uh, a piper scrap here now. Because technically they are all bagpipes. But, you know, I just play the real <laughs> ones. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Um, Shots are fired. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not even gonna argue. Like, I, um, if I had to choose, if I was, if I was only a listener, and I had to choose, I, I would definitely choose you over me. But <laughs> ah, Christian, what, what do I do? You owe me money? Do I owe you money or something here? All these compliments is great. So, from a Ilan Piper's perspective, me Paddy Maloney. Uh, yeah, uh, Paddy. Um, Paddy was a, a kind of a freak of nature, uh, even like just from early days, uh, competitive, and he would have learned from uh, 
what they called the king of the pipers, uh, Leo Rousem, and Leo would have made his set of pipes initially. He was a very competitive uh, man. He, you know, he entered Flas. Second place wasn't good enough. He ended up winning four or five, something like that, consecutively. Um, yeah, he was he was great for the world of piping, and uh, just good for Irish music in general. I mean, in fairness to to him and the chieftains, and mainly him because he was the driving force. The reason why Irish music is so popular around the world today, he definitely has a huge part to do with it for sure. Mm-hmm. So very, very important, and it's uh, it's a big loss. Yeah, it certainly yeah. is. As a non-Irish person, I I can say too that where the Dubliners, especially around Europe, has has been has been so significant in in spreading the the folk music, the the vocal music. The, of of the Irish tradition, the chieftains are definitely the ones that come to mind to to people that I have talked to that that might not listen uh, particularly much to to Irish music, but but if they are to mention like one of the great ones, the it's the chieftains that come yeah. to mind. So and Paddy was definitely the boss man. Like all of the collaborations over the years, I heard stories that they would land in a town summer in America and Paddy would go through his address book and find the biggest stars that he could find in his address book that he knew and he would say oh they live in this town I'll give them a ring and he'd ring them and say any chance of a collaboration there lads <laughs> he, I, actually, how... I actually heard him say a couple of words on, on that before and he he <laughs> he was laughing because that story obviously came up but uh, he was saying no I actually just love the music and I want to play with the most interesting people as possible but, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, really. I mean, I love the depth of people that were on, like, giving condolences and things. Like, the most recent one when I logged on to Facebook there was Carlos Nunes of ah, yeah. Spain. Like, he played with absolutely everyone, and they're all sending in messages now. Keith Richards, Mark Knopfler, like, yeah. Sting, the, the list goes on. They were <laughs> huge. Big old legacy. Yeah, I mean, well, he, voice he, of he, ages. He's not that big himself. Well, I I met him before when I, when I was uh, when I was about oh, 10, 11, I'd say. I met him a couple of times. Uh, my mother and father used to bring myself and my sister to a lot of concerts when I was younger. And uh, I met him, a couple of photos with him. I must dig them out. But uh, honestly, I, at 10 years of age, I was the same height as him. You know what I mean? And he was probably in his <laughs> 60s then, like, you know. So uh, it was mad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some man. But yeah, that's the story and poor old Paddy and we're giving a bit of a message out there to our usual culprit, Kelly, for asking about that one. So. <laughs> Sorry for mentioning you, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that, Kelly. She like as uh, she loves it really. Yeah. We've we've a few uh, super fans out there making they like I'd to well believe it. <laughs> they like to send in a few uh, messages now and then or every ten minutes. <laughs> right we need them involved that's that's good <laughs> I'm only joking Kelly you're keeping <laughs> us entertained over there in Toledo you should be texting them more Kelly <laughs> <laughs> it's just we're terrible at at, uh, at answering because uh, you're on with the conversation spreads across several platforms now there are DMs between uh, myself and Kelly and yourself and Kelly Josh and uh, Turalura and Kelly on Instagram <laughs> and on Facebook so we have six different conversations that uh, we're, uh, we're trying to keep track of so it's yeah. it's not always easy 
I I never know if I've actually listened to to all the voice messages. So <laughs> <laughs> we must be doing something right. Yeah, we love you, Kelly. We do. She had the fins on. Actually, she put on a private concert for the Toledo Irish American Club the other day, and she got the fins involved. They did a live stream into the bar, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, and on my birthday. Yeah, and for any of you listening out there that don't know who the Finns are, go back to our back catalogue, check out our Sea Shanty special. Episode Have listening. three, four, five, somewhere around there, in or around those lines. Now just to introduce you to our special guest of this evening, guys, we have Mick Martin here all the way from Wexford, a proud Wexfordian, a member of the Kilkenny's, Ooh. a fellow colleague of mine. I first came across Mick there when we were in college. Well, actually, I came across him before that, but I first properly became acquainted with Mick when we were in college up in Dublin studying music together. And Mick has been all around the world performing with all sorts of lads in all sorts of places. And I figured he was a good man to get on today because he performs this particular song that we're talking about today with the Kilkenny's and he plays it on the pipes in a lovely manner, if I do say so myself. Thank you, Josh. No bother, Mick. But um, yeah, so a Wexford song from a Wexford lad. What song are we doing today? Yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about a song called Boule of Vogue. And uh, I suppose Boule of Vogue has kind of been uh, adapted as our, as our anthem, as Wexford's <laughs> anthem. And uh, it's a fabulous song. Uh, a lovely air. And the, the air of it itself is actually from... Uh, it's called Uckle or something like that. It's the Irish for mm-hmm. y'all, as it you know, like down in in Cork. Y'all is in yeah. Cork, I'm hundred percent sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, look, it was one of those ones that songs that uh, I was hearing since day one, and uh, my own mother is from near enough to Enniscorthy, um, which would be in the middle of the county, and. Uh, you know, that song would have been played every day or every second day. So she nearly has a disliking to the song, which but I can understand because it, it was kind of overplayed. But uh, yeah, no, it's a beautiful song. Uh, it, it tells a story of um, about uh, a man called Father John Murphy and um, how he kind of uh, got uh, his parishioners and other locals together to rebel against... Um, well, the, the Brits, like the British Army, yeah. um, there was many other uh, auxiliaries and regiments and stuff involved. But ultimately, it was, you know, it was uh, the United Irishmen uh, against the, Brit- the British. That's kind of what it came down to. All down to them bollocks is down in Wexford. Yeah, well, I mean, we can't take all the credit, but... Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I was reading there that it was there was a uh, kind of little uprisings planned all around the country, and they all failed or didn't come to fruition, other than the one down in Wexford. Is that right? Uh, that'd be correct. Um, you see, at at the time, well, a few years previous, you know, everyone in government uh, would have been Protestant, and Catholics weren't allowed to vote. Um, yeah. But um, they had taken some influence from. The French Revolution, seventeen eighty nine, and obviously the American Revolution. I think it's seventeen seventy six, isn't it? Um, yeah. But um, they said, "Right, lads, I think we need to go off and and get our own independence here." So they tried one in Dublin, 
I didn't even uh, didn't even uh, scratch the surface. Um, so yeah, that that one didn't go so well. There was things in the north as well, but yeah, the main mm-hmm. the main battles, as you could call them, were because because some of them were very small. You wouldn't even call them a battle. You could call them a scuffle more than a battle. But um, yeah. And Father Murphy had several victories before his famous loss as well, didn't he? Just, I had it here somewhere. Yeah, he. I suppose the first one, you see, he was kind of a bit, uh, a lit, he was trying to do the right thing because they were offered protection back then. Lads, if you yeah. put put down your arms, hand them over to us, um, you know, other than your work tools, you know, you uh, will give you a bit of protection, we'll leave you alone. So Father Murphy being a, a good Catholic and a, a priest trying to, you know, preach... Uh, the good word and all the rest. He said, "Okay, lads, everyone, hand over your stuff." And it was a, it was a pure lie. It was a pure trap just to get them to put down arms. Uh, they were vulnerable then, so that kind of pissed them off a small bit. And um, they attacked a crowd of um, uh, yeomen, which are mentioned mm-hmm. in the song, uh, in a place called the Harrow in County Wexford. And uh, now, I suppose it's kind of a uh, like nearly like a hit and run, but at the same, they were, they were just waiting for them. They were marching through and they're 30 lads with pikes and one lad with a gun in the harrow and that was it. They just jumped them. Your man Bucky, he's mentioned in the song Bull of Vogue, it was his little regiment there and then a few of them were killed and they fled. That was the start of it all down below. Lieutenant Bucky, May 26th, 1798, as you can read on irishmusicdaily.com forward slash Bull of Vogue. Killed in the fighting. Yeah. yeah. The poor old lad. Well, there's nothing poor about him. I love that it says um it says here that Father John Murphy was completely opposed to violence and led an untrained, poorly armed group of rebels to a series of victories. But the reason that he got into that was because a load of British soldiers had burned down his parishioners' homes. Yeah. Yeah. It was so he was completely against violence and then they burned down the village and he went, no, fuck that. Come on, <laughs> we're going to wreck the gaff. Yeah. They were so afraid. Like people weren't sleeping in their homes. They were sleeping in ditches and in fields. And, you know, there was people dying, even though they were only trying to stay away. They didn't want any any rows or any violence like that. But no, sure the other lads couldn't help themselves as as many other places <laughs> around the world would uh, give you experience as well. But yeah, um, yeah, so they were in fear for their lives and they said, well, we'd rather go down fighting than die like dogs, do you know? So yeah. that was their attitude and they said, right, let's absolutely. go Absolutely, and they looked like they were going to be fairly successful for a while there until the Brits absolutely made bits of them. I mean, it, it would have been the one to win if they had yeah. a, And <clears throat> um, France were actually on the way over to help us as well. Um, and it, it would have been the one to really just... We would have been out on our own then you know, yeah. um, not to knock anything, any other uh, rebellions or anything like that, but it was a, it was, it was at the perfect time. It would have really, um, yeah. you know. And that was that was Vinegar Hill. Uh, yeah, there there was one or two others before Vinegar Hill. Uh, Vinegar Hill was one of the last battles in. It was the one they lost, wasn't it? They lost Vinegar Hill, and the there was another famous one down in uh, New Ross, and that was an absolute massacre. Uh, there was people burned in barns and uh, hundreds of people like and it was uh, it was a massacre there's no other word for it uh, they, they lost the battle up in Newtown Barry which is now modern day Bunclody Arclough which is in County Wicklow they lost that 
it, it was all just starting to close in on them. So they had to go into the middle of the country. Enniscorthy was very easy for them to win. So they came back into the centre of the, the county, up to Vinegar Hill, and waited. And then, that yeah, they were kind of up shit creek then when they saw what was coming. 20,000. Uh, no, there was 20,000 of them at that stage because he was kind of picking up every man he could find. That's where are you going? Well, we're going to have to fight the Brits. Deadly. Give me a second there. I go grab whatever and I'm going with you. That was basically the attitude, you know. Um, Pikes will be together by the rising of the moon. Y- yes. Yeah, yeah. Another great song. Uh, Is that also a Wexford song? Um, I like. I mean, Pikes and all the rest. I I would imagine so, but I've heard that a Longford man wrote that, and he kind of tells it as his ex- or from that experience of what happened up there. But I mean, it's just kind of a, a seventeen ninety eight song. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some gr- other great ones as well, and a lot of them were written by a man who I should have mentioned at the start. The Boulevard was written by a man called Patrick Joseph McCall. He wrote a lot of those 1798 and rebellion songs. I'm sure yeah. you've, you've had him mentioned here before on the podcast. He certainly has. Yeah. He came up in which episode did he come up in, Christian? Uh, I think t- it must have been a live one because I think we had people commenting in. Or what, what? It was the other one where we were talking about 1798 anyway. It was definitely um, about uh, when the chicks the barley, was it? That That's the one. Are you sure we didn't actually mention him, him when we talked about... He also came up when we talked about... Like, we thought that he wrote some song that it turned out he didn't write. I, t- I don't remember this now. But, no, but yeah, right. he, he did definitely write uh, Follow Me Up to Carlo. He did. Absolutely. And Kelly yeah. the Boy from Calan. Yeah, a lot of those ones. Uh, Boys of Wexford, maybe. There's a few others, a few other... Yeah. Rebel songs that he wrote. A little bit there, uh, known mostly as the author of lyrics for popular ballads, he was assisted in putting the Wexford ballads dealing with the 1798 Rising to Music by Arthur Warren Darley using traditional Irish airs. There you go. Lovely. Yeah, it's an interesting one. The Lowlands Low, Boulevard, Kelly the Boy from Calan. A lot of a lot of the feckin' typical 1798 songs, like you said. Mick. A lot of the ones that I sing, you mean. <laughs> all, all the ones mixings on his way home from the pub yeah yeah mm. I'm just here looking up uh, the rising of the moon the only thing I've found is that according to Wikipedia it's about a battle um, where the United Irishmen were led by by Wolf Tone but sure yeah. there's very few details here we'll save that for yeah. Whenever Another we actually day. talk about that song, but yeah, mm-hmm. I love what you were saying about the air, make like that it's a really nice air, and like it says in some of the stuff I was reading here, like it's like you said, Yokel, so Yall Harbour was the name of the tune, but it's also been used for an Australian song called Moriton Bay in eighteen thirty, about the way that the Irish convicts were treated in Australia, and then Sean O'Reilly actually used the same melody again for Misha Era for part of his film score. Well, I actually didn't know that. It's yeah. uh, kind of impressive, but mm. um, Misha Era uses a lot of those old Irish airs because what was the one we were we were talking to Kevin Dwyer the other day and he was showing us a recording of another song that's used in Misha Era. Manana Heron. Manana Heron, that's the one. Another lovely old air, like. Yeah, they're beautiful. I mean, the just the the melody of Boulevard itself is gorgeous, and it's just it suits the pipes. It lends itself. 
uh, very well to the pipes uh, in the key of G. And um, there's some fabulous versions out there. My absolute favourite, just without words, I have my own favourites for singer, singers of the song, but uh, Davis Balan probably does the best version of Boule Vogue you'd ever hear. And I, uh, you gave me a nice compliment there and saying I do a nice version, but I mean, uh, Davies is just magic. It's beautiful. You had to, you had to get it from somewhere. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I attempt to play it like him but we'll see how so we go tell all of those adoring fans out there Mick who Davy Spillane is and where you first came across him um, so Davy Spillane is a piper from Dublin um, he would have he, 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 he actually learned from Finbar Fury and Finbar he, Finbar has been asked many times because Davy had a very very successful career and so did Finbar Fury but you know Davy kind of was involved with some huge stars he said uh, did you teach Davy Splann everything you know and he's kind of looking around and he says uh, no I taught him everything he knows let's get that straight he said he kind of gets a little bit kind of tick and it's it's brilliant because he knows how good Davy is but if anyone listen is uh, into pipes or into piping listen to Finbar Fury listen to Davy Splann you can hear it um, mm-hmm. you can hear you know they're very similar but uh, I first came across him from my teacher Ned Wall down in Wexford uh, he said uh, have you ever heard of Davy Splann I said no and he gave me the Atlantic Bridge album and he says, listen, don't come back to me next week until, until you listen to that. And uh, that was it. I was sold. Then Moving Hearts, there's oh, just everything I could find on him. I, I've heard everything he's ever recorded. It's not that much. And it's a pity. I wish he had hundreds of albums, but he, he, unfortunately he doesn't. But, uh, magic, a magic player. He hasn't made that many recordings really, has he? No. You, you count them on, on your two hands, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, I remember when I was young, there's one particular album where he, he's really young on the front and he's got the pipes on his lap, am I right? Yeah. Uh, Midnight Walker, maybe, or one of them. Yeah, and there's an electric guitar track on it. Oh, the one, the one with hit the pipes on his lap and he's really young is Atlantic Bridge. Atlantic Sorry. Bridge. Jeez, yeah. that'd be shot. That's the one. And there's a there's a track that's all electric guitar. Yeah. Yeah, that's Albert Lee, I think, playing uh, the guitar on that. There's like there's a stellar lineup for that. Uh, Albert Lee, uh, Jerry Douglas, Bella Fleck, and I can't remember yeah. the bass player's name. But and North disrespect the bass players out there, but I don't know. I just never can really remember a lot of bass players. <laughs> I think it's just a running joke in music, isn't it? But um, yeah, stellar lineup is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Dave, Davey himself, like he just wants to be a lead guitar player on, but he said I'm not a guitar player I'm a piper so he just does lead on pipes that's absolutely phenomenal like you know yeah just definitely if anyone wants to this is becoming a piping episode yet again but <laughs> <laughs> surprise surprise if, if anyone wants to check out some of Davies Plan's recordings he has some gorgeous recordings with Moving Hearts who were a fusion band of the 1980s and my favourite thing about some of those tracks is the relationship between the pipes and the saxophone I think it's deadly the way that they kind of play them off each other in some of those tracks yeah they, they, they kind of sound similar and and no disrespect I can't, what's the, the man's name that plays the sax on those tracks Josh oh be Jesus I might have caught you on the fly now is it yeah you might have but uh, I remember saying two years ago ah no Jesus that sax I want to fuck off and Keith Donald Keith well no disrespect Keith but all I wanted to hear was Davy Spillane 
Uh, but no, I, I've I've matured a bit there, and I I do like the the combo. Yeah. I think pi- pipes and sax harmonizing together is a combo that's just unbelievable, and you don't often hear it. Like no, scary. and you don't you don't normally hear pipes or anything because uh, a lot of people don't want to play with them. That's kind of it, like you know. <laughs> so oh, I love it, Christian. You probably uh, have got uh, well. You play with other pipers. You play, yeah. you play in a you play in a pipe band, so maybe that's a little bit more welcoming. But a pipe band of villain pipers is just. Uh, no, it's not the same at all. <laughs> are there any? It's are there hard any to group? march. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Are there any group, Illum pipe groups or bands? There, other than, I mean, other than the Pipers clubs. You, you might have to help me out with this one, Josh. But um, uh, Piper Mark Redmond from Wexford, another very knowledgeable and gifted piper. Absolutely. Um, he there's a group. What are they called? Um, there's four of them together. It would be Kevin Rosen. I mentioned Leo earlier in the show. It'd be Kevin Rosen. Is it uh, Nolug something or other? I, I, it's a good thing I'm not their manager because I didn't. I'm not exactly <laughs> plugging them very well here. But there are four pipes and yeah. uh, four just four sets of pipes, drones, regs, and it's fabulous. I mean, that's the only, that's the, the most I can think of in in one setting you'd never get more than two. Like, I mean, more than two, unless they're all absolutely skilled, can sound absolutely horrendous, in, <laughs> to, yeah. just to me anyway. But, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like a pipe band, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a different story. I t- you tell me, but uh, I'd imagine that it's, it's a little bit freer. Um, I mean, most pipe bands having very a very military like still very much of that military thing to are very uh, concerned with ornaments being exactly the same everyone playing the score while i i would imagine you as a as a, an illum piper especially in a session like that you'd you'd play much more freely um yeah there's one thing i, I did notice about uh, pipe bands and you're exactly right in what you're saying it's, it's very military and regimented and they're doing all their their ornamentation at the same time together and it sounds sounds fantastic um, I suppose there's so many different styles of villain piping uh, mm. between the traveller style the real that you have the Seamus Ennis style like there's a lot of just m- many styles and then sometimes when you get all of those styles in a room together they, they mightn't always work Yes, yeah. uh, the, the Wexford style of piping. Oh, when all of those get together, they all work like uh, like <laughs> seamlessly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's because they're all taught by the one man. So maybe right. that has something all to do this, with all this praise for Wexford. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, <laughs> you brought a Wexford man on. Um, He's wearing the jersey and everything, folks. He can't see it there, but he knew he was talking about Wexford, so he stuck on the. Jer- He's probably he probably hasn't taken it off in a week. To be fair, have you? <laughs> I haven't taken it off since the one the Leinster final in 2019. Any other favourite versions of the song? I know we have Davy Spillane. Yeah, Davy Spillane. The Kilkenny's. The Kilkenny's do a good version, of course. They'll have to to, to give uh, ourselves in a fairness. Plug. In fairness to Davy, he does a great for, a great job of Boulevard. Yeah, he sings it very well. Um, and a man who would have given him a lot of influence um and who does an absolutely phenomenal version and singing wise would probably 
be my favorite version is Jim McCann. Yeah. Um, oh, it's just he just has the sweetest voice, and you, you believe every word he's saying. Do you know what I mean? He's telling the story, and you you believe it like he was there watching it happen. You know, and that's that. It just ah, it's, it's it's great. Yeah, you know? so there you go, folks. That's another one to look up. Jim McCann's version. Have you any other versions, Christian? And no, not really. No, it's like to me this. Um, w- when I read up on the song, like I've obviously heard it, but it's never been in my personal catalog of music that we've ever played. As mm-hmm. so, I was a little bit surprised when I read that that this is uh, by most people considered like the uh, the main song uh, about the, the 1798 because yeah. to me that's always been uh, the wind that shakes the barley uh, <laughs> and maybe rising of the moon uh, on yeah. a second place but it's a beautiful mm. song but I've just listened through the like the top hits on, on Spotify the High Kings have a version of it and the the Davids, which is to me actually a quite like it's it's um, they have a very uh, obviously a very uh, <laughs> rebelly image yeah. but I, I picked up I remember when I started playing uh, Trad with the Plastic Paddies we picked up quite a few songs from their album 50 Irish Rebel Songs <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> and it's they, on that they have a good, cat, they have a good catalog of if you, yeah. if you love rebel music I mean yeah. the Devils are great um, I know a couple of them they're from Ferns where actually Father Murphy was from but uh, yeah they're all fantastic musicians um, yeah which nearly strictly rebel, but sometimes that's what you need. It, yeah, everyone, everyone has, a, everyone's a little bit of a rebel. You know, <laughs> and it just brings it out in you. Everyone has you know, a bit yeah. of that in them. Yeah, you notice yeah. it more when you when you travel around Ireland playing gigs and you start getting the requests. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, something I like about this as well, from just reading about it again, is that uh, McCall wrote the lyrics, but there wasn't really a melody to begin with. He published it in where is it? Yeah, it was first printed in the Irish Independent on the 18th of June, 1898, under the title Father Murphy of the County Wexford. Ooh. So he sent it in as a poem before it actually became what it is today, which is interesting. Hmm. I didn't he know did that. that. He did that several times from what I'm reading. He uh, he did it with other songs too, but the title Father Murphy of the County Wexford was still being used when it appeared in the 1922 edition of Porrick Bratnock's Songs of the Gale. It was only much later that the song became widely known as Bull of Vogue. Yeah. I mean, the line Father Murphy from the County of Wexford is in the song. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, a, a Bull of Vogue runs off the tongue a little bit easier. Yeah. And it's actually one of those older features of some of the old folk songs as well. They have very long titles or they're based on a line of the song. Like, um, what was the one that entered my head there? I can't even think of it now. Boyle in the County Roscommon. <laughs> Well, they Just don't. All of these old, they they yeah. at least they don't come close to the um, to the pipe band tunes that we talked about. Yeah, a few, the, a few weeks ago, <laughs> the bagpipe tunes make have a very very interesting uh, method for being named. Oh, don't they? This, yeah, well. Yeah. Like yeah, you know, it's all gonna just be bullshitting here now. But but the seventy second Highlander Fraser Highlanders, welcome to the Lord uh, Battalion ah, to the Highland Gathering of nineteen twelve. That's I love that's it. Sort of, but these are the official poetic. names for the tunes. Like yeah, 
Remember here crazy. in Ireland, we could have the stack of barley or the fucking stud that hit me mammy's shoes. Yeah. The, the humours of. The, those yeah. ones always baffled me. The humours of. Humours <laughs> of Ennis Diamond. Sure, we had a bit of crack down there, but I know. Yeah, but... what's so funny about it? Yeah. <laughs> the humours of Tulla. Yeah. What, did you did you laugh your head off in Tulla? You must have some crack down in Clare. <laughs> There's a lot of humours going around Clare, all right, isn't there? Mm. Yeah. There aren't as many humours in other places. No. These are all happy down there. It's great. <laughs> for now mm. I haven't fully, uh, full, com- haven't been fully happy since 2013 uh, <laughs> uh, come here to me T- tell me what what is I was thinking earlier today when I read up on, on Father uh, Father Murphy uh, there is something very very Game of thrones about this fighting priest, I'm my my head goes straight to to your man, the the fire priest. Uh, <laughs> what what's his name again? What the 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 the, the <laughs> your man in in the Brotherhood without banners, the the half bald guy with the long hair. The half the bald f- guy with the long <laughs> hair. Yeah, with the flaming sword. Holy Jesus! Um, Jesus Christ. This will be falling on deaf ears for me now. I would, I would know not um, about Game of Thrones. No, I saw, I saw Game of Thrones start to finish, and I was very into it. I'm just trying to remember that particular oh, the, the guy ba- that bald keep, guy with long hair. The guy that keeps healing, <laughs> uh, Beric Dondarrion. Oh yes, the fire priest. That yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, I know. But who I, you're my head about went now. straight to that when when I heard about this priest that. <laughs> That was totally against violence, and then someone came and burned down his church. And it's a little bit the hound <laughs> tit as well. Like when the hound, uh, yeah. when the ha- hound suddenly turns up again, and he helps build this yeah. church, and then, then, uh, <laughs> then they come along and they burn down the church, and and he just goes on a rampage. It's like yeah. there is something inspiring about this this man that just uh, uh, has his his uh, something a little bit John Wick about it. I wonder if they murdered his, his dog as well. He has he has his moral and his principles, but he 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 can't sit there and and watch. Yeah. The one that the... entered my head was Rambo or something, just <laughs> going out out for revenge. Or there's a what's that movie make the Irish movie? The Gangs Black of Forty Seven. Oh, oh yeah, I I Forty Seven. I was going to say Gangs of New York, uh, Father Valen. <laughs> yeah. He he was 100%. a he was a real man. He he, he was yeah hundred percent. Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, like I mean, he hundred percent bet the shit out of them all out there yeah. and led a, a little bit of a rebellion himself. Yeah. Maybe he got a bit of inspiration from Father Murphy. You wouldn't know. <laughs> Actually, that is a hundred percent another song that we should do and talk about that movie, Christian. We should definitely do Paddy's Lamentation because it features in that movie and that whole story of the Irish landing over and joining the gangs in Hell's Kitchen is fucking brilliant as well. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Love all of that stuff. Davis yeah, Land is also in that. He certainly is. So is so is Finbar Fury. So is Finbar, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> but um what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, the Black Forty Seven movie where your man comes home from the war and it's during the famine and his family has actually been evicted from their little cottage in forty seven in eighteen forty seven and the Brits have basically killed most of his family and he he comes back to nothing and he goes out for revenge. And he travels. Have you seen this movie, Christian? No, I I still haven't seen it, and he, I need to. He travels around the Irish countryside, getting his revenge on the English landlords. But you told me that you were deeply disappointed. Yeah, I have to say I was because rather than 
make it realistic. They made it like an Irish Rambo. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. He was he was just one lad going around on a horse massacring fucking English plantations. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is entertainment in that, I suppose. Um, like I w- I wouldn't see at that time an Irish lad like that during the famine who wasn't able to get food or work. Even having the strength to be able to attempt something like that, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. of Mir uh, was the name of the guy, by the way. That is the man, Thoros, the fighting priest. So yeah. he was a fight, a fighting priest in Game of Thrones. Yeah, with a fiery sword. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. wow! <laughs> Father Murphy was lucky to have, oh my God, uh, a slash hook uh, going with him uh, <laughs> back then, but yeah few things about father murphy there he was born in 1753 uh decided early in life he wanted to be a priest moved to seville in spain when he was 19 to study to be a priest yep he's with the dominicans Um, i think over there wasn't he yeah and it says it actually says here this was a well-worn path for many irish men at that time as the penal laws imposed by britain made it difficult for them to receive an education as priests in ireland he was ordained in 79 and became the curate at bula vogue in 1785 he supported the cause of Irish nationalism, but believed reform should come through peaceful means. Opposed to rebellion, fearing it had little chance of success and would lead to pointless loss of life, and urged his parishioners to surrender their arms and sign an allegiance to the crown for their own safety. Holy Jesus Almighty. Yeah, they were tricked. Yeah. His opinion changed when British militiamen entered the area searching for rebels and looking for ways to intimidate the local people. They burnt the parish church and several cottages. So here's where the whole John Wick revenge comes into play. Father Murphy was furious at the injustice and was influenced by stories of British atrocities elsewhere in Ireland as the 1798 rebellion got underway. And he believed that rebellion may be the only option left. That's a very quick to change opinion, isn't it? Well, I mean, it was... It was... <laughs> It, he had nothing left. He, he had nothing left to lose at that stage. He was probably going to get killed himself anyway. At some stage, Absolutely. with what was going on, they were burning yeah. down the church and burning down. You know, they had and the, and the penal laws and the fucking mass yeah. rocks and all you, that. You, shit. you weren't allowed to be Catholic, really, back then. Um, but I mean, it yeah. was just it was it was crazy. It was crazy time. Um, yeah. But the fascinating so he, thing that we we talked about when we did uh, the wind that shakes the barley, Josh, is that um, up in the north, the rebellion was actually sort of initialized by by Presbyterians mm-hmm. uh, and, and Wolf Tone. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't really only Catholics against Protestants. It was just everyone against the oppressing force of oh, the Anglicans. Absolutely. Yeah. It didn't become about the religion until much later, really, I suppose. Yeah. Even though there was prominently one religion on one side and the other on the other. But um, it was that just, was by no, yeah. through no fault of their own. It, they know? just they just wanted to live in peace in Ireland. Yeah. That was it. We, look, we want Ireland. We don't care what religion we are. We just want yeah. our land for ourselves. And we look after our own people. You have done enough. Can you kindly yeah. fuck off? That was it. And <laughs> it didn't matter what you were or, you know, that's just yeah. the way it was, and it, it, it's 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 kind of nice. I know it's it's all blood and gore and battles, but it was, it was kind of a nice thing in a way. Like right, lads, everyone together. Actually, it was actually a, a united Ireland. You know what I mean? It was yeah. fabulous. Yeah. It's like it's the W B Yeats thing again. Romantic Ireland, you know. Yeah. The poetic side of it, the poetic side of the blood and gore and fighting and all of that, but um, sure. The likes in 1916, which spurred on Irish independence, wouldn't have happened without 1798. Yeah. 
No. Um, and uh, I, I myself live in Kilkenny. I don't know if anyone knows that. Uh, but Father Murphy and his boys made made their way up to Castle Comer and drove the, the British out of there as well. Uh, so just, you know, we're not, there's, a, there's a, a huge rivalry between Wexford and Kilkenny. Uh, but we did help you out uh, for anyone <laughs> from Kilkenny listening. Brilliant. I love it. Just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had loads of victories there. Like, they won a load of battles. I saw something about Wexford it. Wexford yeah. Town was a huge one. They won that. Yeah. And what they did was they brought them all, all the loyalists and all the, any captured um, uh, yeomen or anyone like that uh, onto the bridge in Wexford. And they yeah. cut their heads off and they threw Jeez. the bodies into the river. So there's a lion in Bula Vogue and uh, do, 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 and the Slaney's Red Waves. It's there somewhere. I'd be shocked now for not knowing it off the top of my head. Uh, but yeah, the Slaney's Red Red Waves, or maybe that could be actually uh, Kelly the Boy from Clan. But anyway, uh, yeah, that was <laughs> huge. That was a massive one for them. And uh, yeah. This sounds like it needs to be a TV series or something. I'm just picturing the king over in England talking to his advisors and they're saying... Your man, Father Murphy's after fucking winning another battle and killing one of our lads and the king going mad and sending another army over to make bits of him. Yeah. yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd expect to see it in the Tudors or something. And, <laughs> and, there, was, and there was a bit of, um, there was a bit of kind of, I don't know how to describe it, but, and a good friend of mine, and I have many friends from Cork and we play a lot down there, but Cork were absolutely not with us in the slightest. There was a, a Cork, the North Cork militia, and they came up. And uh, they sided with the the Brits. Jesus. So there, there was a few um, a few gangsters uh, in it, a few mercenaries, I suppose, if you want to call yeah, them, or auxiliaries. We'll, re- we'll remember that the next time Wexford are playing Cork in the hurling. Now. Yeah, there, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it wasn't all roses. Jesus. Oh, yeah. For all Wexford, I'm just like I'm. I'm picturing Father Murphy now. My my whole like mental picture of him has changed from this priest that was leading a battle to something else. He's more like the Braveheart, like William Wallace of Ireland going <laughs> off, and, and causing he, havoc for the Brits. Yeah, and he's just just a priest. Never held a gun in his life and they didn't have many guns. I think they had 40 muskets or not even muskets. Yeah. They were probably blunderbusses or something primitive. Yeah. Like, that's all they had, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know. It is a very William Wallace story, actually. Like, just reading about the way he died as well. So when they lost at Vinegar Hill, he escaped. Um, and he went to a friend's house in Tullow County, Carlow, but he was captured by the yeomen and brought before a military tribunal which found him guilty of treason against the British crown. He was then tortured in an attempt to make him reveal information about the rebels, hanged and decapitated, and his head was put on a spike and put on display as a warning to others. Yeah. No fear. So it's a very William Wallace ending. Yeah, that is that is in yeah. the song, all right. <laughs> um, Jesus. I, I, I've always wondered... Um, uh, Christian, I've spoken to you a handful of times, but I, I suppose you've always heard about uh, Irish rebellions on this program and and all over. I mean, you're very into the the Irish history and the Irish music, but I've never heard of uh, any famous Norwegian rebellions or uprisings or anything like that. Have you Just any Father Murphys over there? Norwegian Father Murphys. I'm. You're talking about getting shot. For, for not knowing the lyrics here I might get shot for for not being 
totally up to scratch. Well, like, Norway has a history of being under rule too, uh, but slightly more peacefully. Um, but let's see now after... More willingly? What? <laughs> more willingly, maybe? <laughs> well, no, after we, we were... I mean, on... were, were you occupied by Denmark or was Denmark just always no, kind of no, well, calling the shots? Uh, this is where you're... Oh, what's the story here again? How did it actually start? Because um, after the we we were in a union with Denmark or the Danish king was was our king um, up until the Napoleonic War, and then um, Denmark sided with Napoleon, and after that we were given to Sweden, I believe. <laughs> given yeah <laughs> as a gi- as a gift here we don't let, need let, this you take it let's see now. this is broken you have it norway wrote its own constitution in 1814 sort of as a desperate attempt at not being given to sweden but it didn't work <laughs> but then the the constitution was still in place and the swedes accepted it and then in 1905 there there was a bit of a uh, a bit of fighting and we were able to to uh, get out of the union and become independent in 1905 so only, you're actually only... a relatively new nation like well us. W- we've always been considered a country it's just a part of yeah. the union but yeah as independent as completely independent we're, we're only we're only uh less than yeah 20 years and in, in terms of that now Ireland. when you said the, the 1300s uh, when did the Viking Age end? Well, I think we say that the Viking Age ends in 1166, or is it 1066? The Battle of Hastings. 1066. That's what, 1066, 1066 yeah. yeah. But uh, as for Norwegian Father Murphy's, good question. Well, not that... Uh, we, we had quite a few of... Uh, of Norwegian war heroes in, in Second World War that were making movies up and down uh, of all the fucking time. Uh, <laughs> but but as for fighting for Norwegian independence, um, while we were still in unions, then I don't really have any like any single names and and people that know Norwegian history very well would be able to to give me probably a list of people that were very significant but but I think the problem is that we it's it's probably been so peaceful here uh that we don't really have any like would you know of um or would many people know of uh of uh Patrick Murphy if it wasn't for the song that's that's the big question because we don't have any songs like that. We don't have any songs about fighting for independence and oppression and very few. Is that a strongly Irish thing? I wonder. Like how many how many countries or histories do have? I know the French maybe because they have rebellions as well. Like is it rebellion rich countries that have those type of songs or is it? I, just I would something? think so. Is it something that's uniquely like? Irish. I, I mean, don't think. Well, the French were the king of, uh, of of rebellions. If anyone, if anyone wants to know how to rebel, ask the French. They're uh, they were always good at that. But uh, I yeah. like word of mouth. Obviously, it was a huge thing in Ireland. But I, I just, 
I don't know. I I don't. I would say that there w- would have been many other folk songs like that around Europe and around the world, mm-hmm. but I think we were just better at them. They just <laughs> they stayed around longer. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe I don't know. Like a lot of music would have got. I don't know, stopped or or whatever because of world wars and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's it's a good there question. Was, there was a whole thing in the early days where people used to monks in particular used to relocate to Ireland from all over Europe to learn their trade at poetry and being bards and all of that kind of stuff and maintaining the history and keeping it going. And the only thing that kind of put a stop to a lot of that was ye fecking Vikings over there. <laughs> yeah, Coming over ra- raping and pillaging the old monasteries yeah. and destroying yeah, he, all the old poems and songs. You never, you never had an interest to taking over land. The Vikings, <laughs> they never, they had no interest. They just pulled up and said, "Right, lads, give us what you have, and if you don't, well, then we're going to absolutely let fly." That was just going to bring all your nice shiny about, things home. Yeah, that was it, and they didn't care about owning land. Well, well, maybe not owning land, but I mean. As opposed to as opposed to the Brits, the the Vikings did actually settle in in both Ireland and Scotland, and yeah. uh, did intermingle and intermarry. And uh, you're probably more Norse uh, DNA wise than than many Norwegians would be. So, so it, like to that, it, it, and I mean great dynasties of of Celtic uh, kingdoms like uh, Uimar and uh, all those lads were all Vikings that 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 settled I mean you you've uh, like we've talked about before the whole city of Dublin is pretty much a Viking settlement oh absolutely was, yeah. Uh, yeah at at one stage and and most so is Waterford of, yeah Waterford uh Wexford too I I believe yeah uh like I mean Loch Gorman it doesn't like Wexford. It's it's obviously I don't know, but f- Ford enough fjord. I yeah, mean, like Waterford. Yeah. Like and that that would have came as well from the like the Normans were there in, in eleven sixty nine and eleven seventy. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. descendants of the Vikings. I mean, it's just yes. no. But, the, but there are are quite. If you're talking about like inter um, or or connections between the Vikings and and the. What should we say, like Scotland and Ireland, the the Celtic countries of uh, uh, of the Isles over there? Like we, if you look at, if you go into Wikipedia or uh, more scientific uh, places and <laughs> and look up uh, Galgodil uh, and Norse uh, Norse Gales and and uh, different articles uh, on that you'll find quite a lot of interesting stuff uh, i mean orkney orkney has um in in the church in orkney there are where there usually would be saints in the in the glass windows in the church there are old norse jarls and shetland was norwegian up until the 1600s when it was given by the danish king as part of um what's the word for for what you give when you marry off your A dowry dowry yeah, yeah. Dowry. yeah. Uh, so, i read about that actually yeah because i was really interested in one stage in like doing a study or like applying for a study in the relationship between Norse music and Irish music and like bringing it all the way back but there's so little evidence of the music of the Vikings but yeah. what what's left is what you can hear in the likes of the Shetlands and stuff like that which is really interesting 
yeah no like what what we have today of viking music air quotes is mostly based on um i think they have a general idea of some musical instruments that they might have had uh based on materials and and like bone flutes yeah. and that sort of stuff but but the things you hear uh vardruna uh playing in the likes of the viking series is mostly just um uh, assumptions the assumptions of what it yeah. could have been and a lot which of which is madly because it has to there has to be remnants of it in irish music considering they came over and settled in dublin and made families and all that like but it, probably at the, that stage like they became relatively irish fairly quickly like yeah. that's that's the whole that's the whole thing with the gal gojil the the gale speaking foreigners they they instead of a po- uh, like getting everyone to speak old norse they just decided fuck it we'll learn irish <laughs> have, have you ever heard of a language called yola christian Here's a no good one for you. so yola was only spoken down in wexford and mainly only south wexford now it was probably it's probably more related to flemish and all that i don't really know the whole ins and outs of it but if you listen to it and i've heard you speaking norwegian there briefly uh when you were giving out to someone, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I I was over there before, and I met you, and I've heard you all speaking in Norwegian. Like I mean, it doesn't sound a million miles away from each other. So I wonder, is there any little connection there? You know, it, it sounds That's like it sounds like someone singing in English, singing backwards. Like <laughs> the, it's it's crazy. It's it just sounds so strange. There, like but there it is. There the fourth and bargy dialect, also known as Yola, is an extinct Anglic language once spoken in the baronies of Fort and Bargy in County Wexford. It's huh. thought to have evolved from Middle English, which was brought to Ireland during the Norman invasion in 1169. Oh, as knows? such, it was it was similar to the Fingalian dialect of the Fingal area in Dublin. What? And Fing- and Fingal, uh, Fingal, uh, for for your information, comes from Finnegal, as in the f- uh, as in the politicians. <laughs> no, 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 the the uh, as far as I as in Dovgal and Fingal, uh, the the, yeah. the black haired and the and the light haired foreigners. Yeah. Again, uh, Vikings. Uh, people are are fighting. Uh, the 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 scientists or historians are fighting on on whether it refers to um to the Danish and the Norwegian Vikings that it's it the reference is that Fing- uh, Fingal would be the Norwegians and Dovgal would be the Danish or whether it was just the group that came first and then the group that came second or how yeah. it was but but they're both referring to to some form of Viking settlement and not to be plugging other podcasts again but there's actually a deadly episode of the Blind Boy podcast where he goes into detail about the Yola language down in Wexford and specifically the origins of the word queer queer mm-hmm. and, yeah. how, and how the word queer in yola and that they still say down in wexford is actually a completely different word to the word queer they are actually completely two different words huh. queer has a completely different origin and you use it mean like to you it means very doesn't it yeah well yeah if i said uh that geez did you see whatever that was queer big but very yeah. big uh queer nice for you know, very nice. Like I mean, it just rolls off my tongue because yeah. I just I've been saying it my whole life. That but. that comes directly from Yola. 
Yeah. And it's actually how, a completely how do you spell different origin. Q-U-A-R-E. Q-U-A-R-E. Oh, oh, no, 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 Yola. Oh, Yola, sorry. I didn't even realize until I had written it. Yola is Y-O-L-A. And there should be a video of a man called Paddy Berry, a good Wexford singer, song collector, I suppose, as well, singing in Yola. And it's... It's interesting to listen to now. It's like um, Middle English and Old English. If you ever see the old manuscripts, it's impossible to read them. Yeah, and I, like I mean, that would like the English aren't all English, of course. They have their their French, yeah. their German, probably their Viking connection there as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. I don't. Maybe it all when you were all raping and pillaging there back in the <laughs> in seven hundred and eight hundred AD or river, uh, maybe it it all kind of came from that I don't really know but, um, <laughs> who I, knows I, I love that relationship between the two words that Blind Boy talks about in that episode I don't know what episode it is but if I find it I'll put it in the show notes Um, it's just basically like anywhere else in the country if you say queer it would mean odd or strange but in Wexford because it has a completely different origin story it means very or many yeah well they wouldn't have got the, the word only yeah. only for the, the Fort and Bargy and all the, like the Normans and all wherever it came from I don't know like yeah. they wouldn't have it if it wasn't for us like do you know what I mean yeah so. we could do another whole episode like talking here for an hour about dialects and languages and all I found a really interesting we won't but anyway <laughs> I found a really I found a really interesting video about an island uh, in I think it's in New Hampshire in America and it's the only, it was so isolated from the rest of America that it's the only place left in the States where they spill, st- spill, where they still speak the way English was spoken during the Civil War. So they talk like the way that... Ye, ye oldie, like... Yeah, ye old and blah, 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 <laughs> four score and seven year ago. The way that Abraham Lincoln would have spoken, but they still speak like that on this particular island in New Hampshire. My God. That's really... That's deadly. <laughs> like the the Irish in Montserrat, Mick. Yeah, all the court yeah. descendants, the black the black Irish, yeah. really is what they kind of called them. And uh, of course, you have uh, over in uh, Newfoundland. Yeah, they, they, they sound like they're from West Cork. A lot of those people over there say queer. Um, yeah. it's the Wexford thing. They're, yeah, I don't know. It's it's crazy. Like, but obviously, like they're very proud of their Irish roots, their Wexford roots, Kilkenny, Watford, especially as well. It's, it's it's mad like they'd know all about Bull of Vogue and all that they're all huge into their Irish history over there deadly that's definitely you could do a whole other episode like I said and just go into depth on all of that stuff dialects and languages and yeah. accents it's and fascinating I mean in in Canada in Cape Breton they have they have um, uh, there's there are people there speaking Gaelic as in as in Scottish Gaelic and uh, to yeah. this day which is known to them as 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 gaelic but in in mm-hmm. atlantic canada which is like just uh, nova it, scotia new scotland yeah which is again super fascinating all of this super fascinating <laughs> and i mean like iceland is obviously just just old norse that, that didn't really mm-hmm. evolve in the same direction as uh, continental yeah. Scandinavia. I love that actually. Icelandic is as close as you'll get to ancient Norse. Yeah, that's right. Pretty, pretty so cool. Yeah. And if you go really to, 
and and in, on the islands of Scotland and and in old Scots as well, there there are fair few uh, words that uh, are uh, very similar to or directly comes from from old Norse. They they say bern instead of children, uh, yeah. which is the same as the Norwegian barn, uh, uh-huh. and and yeah, Kirk as well, kirke. Uh, is spelled yeah. exactly the same as um, as uh, as uh, the Norwegian word for church. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's a lot of, of uh, we're getting very in-depth. There's a <laughs> lot of fecking, uh old Norse words and Norwegian and Scandinavian words in Irish as well. Yeah. When we did our Leaving Cert, we had a whole section of the Irish paper and you have to study the history of the Irish language, and there's a hell of a lot of Norse in Irish, in, which is cool too. <laughs> See now the the rabbit holes you can fall under just for mentioning Yola, Mick. Yeah, I, I might know. edit some of this out, but I might not. No, I just I'm I'm always curious because you know obviously this is a, a folk song uh, podcast, but I never really hear much about like Norway and. You know, like we were saying, like I asked earlier on, any is there any Norwegian Father Murphy's? Like yeah. I just, I've never, it like you'd always hear about certain heroes and <laughs> villains over the years, like you know, uh, from every war and every uh, corner of the globe. But I never hear much about Norway, or uh, you know, our rebellions or a good or point. Like I'll I'll yeah. give you I'll give you one short story though. Um, in sixteen twelve. There was a bunch of Scottish mercenaries that landed in uh, in Norway, uh, and they were going to um, they w- were going to join the the Swedish uh, forces in their uh, fight against Denmark Norway uh, during the Kalmar War in sixteen eleven to sixteen thirteen. Uh, but <clears throat> they landed higher up than they thought or something so they had to march all the way down through one of one of the glens of uh, long glens of Norway uh, and they were um, they were noticed by farmers down while while they were uh, marching down several days and uh, the farmers of Norway in 1612 um, they uh, rallied sort of a uh, a militia and uh, there's um there's um a restaurant or more of a more of a, a pub sort of place uh, in this valley today called Sinclair and this is where the farmers uh, sprung upon the 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 Scotsmen in 1612 and they actually they were able to stop this this uh, this band of professional mercenaries with nothing but basically pikes and, it, and that's logs. not too far away from Bull of Oak. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They, they were all farmers, and not all of them had pikes. Some of them had had stuff for cutting turf, uh, slash hooks. You know yeah. anything they could find. So that's you know. And now you need to follow up with now and tell me uh, the rebel song that came out of that. <laughs> or, or write it. Maybe or, he needs to write I'm, I'm, I'm already on it. Oh, brilliant! It'd be amazing. <laughs> I, I think, Deadly. I think this has to be done, and then we can talk about it after. But I, as far as song. I know, as far as I know, there aren't any songs about it, and there really should be. Yeah, some rebel, some Norwegian rebel songs. Yeah, let's I'm sure there was it. a few Vikings back in, or yeah, there were a few Viking rebels back in the day as well. Ah, uh, yeah, they were all rebels, weren't they? Yeah. But it's hard <laughs> as, to write good songs about raping. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe we'll stay away from As that. As the part. incredibly historically accurate series on Netflix, Vikings yeah. depicts <laughs> they, many rebels. Where where they they completely mix up Danish and, and Norwegian people, and they can walk from one country to the other in, oh, in matter of a day or two. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we're getting close to to, to an end, I Josh. Think so. Thanks a million for coming on, Mick. Great to have you. Absolutely no problem, lads. And nice to get some insight from a real Wexford man about real Wexford for a change. Absolutely. Yeah. Wexford's, not really, Wexford's not really a county that you hear much about unless we're talking about 1798, is it? Uh, yeah, not really. I'm, I'm, I don't know why. I'm, it's a great county and a lot goes on yeah. down there. But I mean... Uh, give, us, yeah. give us your top five things about Wexford. Uh, right. I have to give them in no particular order, if that's okay. Yeah. But uh, Rissoles have to be up there. Uh, so Rissole is like a, a potato <laughs> patty kind of a thing, and it's it's all herbs, and you can get it breadcrumbed or battered. Very tasty. That'll be up there. Um, the Wexford style of piping, love it. It's amazing. I, I won't get into details about that, but I just I love it. Um, favorite things. Uh, the song uh, Dancing at the Crossroads Another one of my favourite things I was Wexford. waiting for it How did I know that was coming? <laughs> I just love it It's it's a fabulous song It's just ah, It's catchy um, Other things about Wexford uh, I should have them here Ready to go I mean uh, <laughs> um, You should have them memorised Yeah there's, uh, there's too many good things To mention I suppose You know We're the, we're the largest county In Leinster And you know, the King of Ireland actually sat in Wexford for a while and in Ferns and that's your look. Jesus. Yeah, we were we were very important, like you know, we were a bit <laughs> of a big deal, you know. So favorite chipper. Oh, the premier in uh in uh, Wexford town. Although did some did... some people around Kilkenny have caught me saying Larkins in Kilkenny City, but no, it's the premier in Wexford Town all the way. Okay. If if you go oh, to Wexford uh, town, where's where's the place to get the best point against? <sighs> It's pint of Guinness. Hmm. Um. One answer, probably the Undertaker. The uh, Undertaker. That's Wexford Town, though. But I'm going to give you a better one. And uh, if anyone in, into music or into sessions or into just yeah, maybe you've heard of this place already. But uh, Colfer's Pub down in Carrigambano, run by Mister oh. John Murphy. There's a serious pint of Guinness down there as well. So maybe that's a great old plug in going on here. Maybe that's that's, the, that's that's probably the answer I should have led with because I'm from there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant Wexford Town, so yeah. Yeah, no. And to anyone going uh, to to Ireland uh that want to to visit Wexford now after this brilliant uh, plug of uh, of the 98 county uh it's about uh Two hours and seventeen minutes, uh, by the, or two hours and fifteen minutes, the fastest uh, public transport, and then one hour and forty-eight minutes by car if you drive the M eleven. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, and you're <laughs> promised a, a good, a good crack, a good drink, good music, good, a good nightlife, everything just great about Wexford. So uh, Just, visit visit Wexford if you're listening there. I'm definitely going to be another spokesman for you now at this stage. <laughs> Just went from a piping episode to a linguistics episode to a Wexford episode very quickly. And that's the beauty of Tura Lura and the beauty of folk songs. <laughs>
Absolutely. Absolutely. And if anyone wants to check out Mick Martin, you'll find him on all the social medias for the Kilkennys. He has his own social media too and plenty of videos and music to choose from. Beautiful. And for ourselves, Josh, we are Tour Lura. We certainly and you are. can get in touch with us uh, at tourallurepodcast at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram, Tour Podcast. We have a Facebook, Tourallura. And you can send us in messages. You can rate us. You can send us photos of yourself and voice messages. And you can do whatever the feck you want. Just send on all that fanfic. Yeah, the fanfic. We're still waiting for our first fanfic. I'm waiting for a bit of Christian cosplay as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's been a it's been great to have a guest on. It's been great that it was uh, you, Mick. Uh, thanks for coming on, and we hope to get you back on uh, soon with the full Kilkenny's. That is still a promise that we need to make happen. Absolutely. When we're all in a room together, I reckon we're going to have to let Christian interview all of us. Yeah, I think so. I think that'll be a, an interesting one. And you you might need two hours for that one or three hours for that one. <laughs> the stories and uh, it'd be great. We should make it happen. Yeah, we yeah, need to make good. that happen. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Any last thoughts? Hope I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it should at that. Should have seen that coming. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> Very Halloweeny, by the way. Boo level. <laughs> as long as you spell it right, lads. I'm after seeing some woeful spellings of it over the years. Jesus Christ. <laughs>